Welcome to My Best 11 podcast. Today, we are joined by a man who is very, very, I mean, I just can't speak of many words. I'm so, so pleased and wrapped that we've managed to get him on. Um, so difficult, especially with pre-season just started. We are joined today by the current Luton Town Manager, Nathan Jones. Um, before I let him have a quick thing, quick chat, um, Nathan is here to talk about his playing career. Um, started his youth career at Cardiff, um, spent time at Merthyr, um, Luton, Bordeaux, Lumenenka, Lumentia, I think it's pronounced. Lumentia, thank you. Uh, Southend, Scarborough, and then spent the majority of his playing time at both Brighton and Yeovil. And then has gone on to manage um, a stint at Brighton, then Luton, Stoke, and now back at Luton. So, Nathan, after that, thank you so much for coming on, Nathan. <laughs> no, really good to be here. Good to see you both. As I said, it's always good to see Marv. His, uh, his smiling face hasn't changed for years uh, and stuff. So, no, I'm, I'm really delighted to be on, to be fair. It's taking his time because, uh, as I said, he's quite busy and I, I'm sure he thought I was just trying to put him off. But, no, I'm, I'm delighted to be here. I wasn't sure if you're just thinking up reasons why Marv shouldn't be in your team. That's why I was just thinking oh, up a couple of. <laughs> do you know what, Andrew? To be what? fair, when I was here, when I was here, there was some some good good centre offs. I said Peaky was still playing. Marv was 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 here, um, and 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 things. It's just I couldn't put him in. I, I didn't play with Peaky, so I couldn't put Peaky in. But um, I couldn't put Marv in because, as I said, he's. He's actually taking it, so everyone be going. Nah, you're only, you're only doing it because he's on end. Yeah, exactly. But he actually was a good player, but I, I wouldn't put him in just for that reason. But but let's go. Let's, let's rewind quickly, Andrew and Jonah. Lucky, I, lucky, I wasn't a dick to you back then because we would never got you on. If you can you imagine? Like, can you imagine? Oh yeah, um, let's try and get Nathan Jones. Well, actually, I wasn't too nice to him when he was at the club, by the way. So I don't know if that's going to go down too well. But you just never yeah, know. I'm not, I'm not sure I'd go on Terry Wesley's website and web webcast, or um, or maybe not Boncho Genchev's. But um, as I said, the, the uh, anyone else, I'd pretty much do it for. There's some blasts from the past. Boncho Genchev. <laughs> Does anybody know where he is? No. Oh no. Just one of these random names. Idea. One of those random names. Well, those people who haven't listened to the podcast before, what we do is Nathan's going to go through the best 11 players he has ever set foot on a pitch with. Um, all the way through um, his team, um, picking his best 11 players um, and thinking up his formation. And then he finishes off looking at his best manager he ever played under. As this is the opening episode of season two, we've got something a little bit different with Mars 60 Seconds which Marv's going to throw in at the start of part two, a random 60 seconds worth of questions to Nathan. You're not here to listen to me. So, Nathan, over to you. Formation. Are you going Luton formation or are you going to go something a bit Gareth Southgate-esque? What are you going to do? First of all, I just want to clarify because I, I, I didn't know it was the best 11 I could actually set, uh, set foot in a football pitch with. I thought it had to be competitive match because I did my coaching course with some of the top end uh, with Gianfranco Zola, with Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. So I could actually have put them in my team, but I've actually kept it to a to a competitive game, right? So I actually did well play done, with these, Jack. and I'm not plucking these names out. Um, <laughs> look, I think it's only fitting um, that, that, that uh, I, I go diamond. So I'm going to go four diamond too. It actually suits, um, coincidentally, the players that I actually played with because um, I, I didn't didn't play with uh, many 
unbelievable wingers. I did play once with Andre Kanchelskis, but I think it'd be a cheek putting him in it um, since it just was one reserve game. So, um, but no, I've gone a diamond. Yeah, so quite fitting, I think, since uh, since that's been our principal shape here since I've been manager. Excellent. Perfect. Excellent. So diamond it is. Let's move forward. Goalkeepers then. Um, you probably played with quite a few goalies. Over to you. And you can you can have a few honourable mentions yeah. if you want. Honourable mentions if you want. I, I think I think it's, it's fitting because that's, that was. I mean, to be fair, we only got to look at um, uh, uh, Kelvin. Kelvin was unlucky, but I didn't play with him for a prolonged period. But Kelvin obviously had a fantastic career. Was brilliant. Was a young, so your young England under twenty one keeper when I when I was at, at Luton and you know, went on to have a fantastic career. So he came into the reckoning because obviously I did play with him. Um, my best mate in football actually will kill me. So I hope he don't listen to this because he just called me and got all with stuff. Is a guy called Ben Roberts, who was a goalkeeping coach at Middlesbrough. At, um, yeah. And he's now, I was, I was the goalkeeper at Middlesbrough and Charlton and he's now the goalkeeping coach at, um, at Brighton. Um, and uh, if you remember him, he got lobbed after 29 seconds in a cup final by... Uh, I think it was Di Matteo. Uh, he was the record Joe, for that. Jonah, Joe, he, he came on loan to Luton. Yeah, that's right. He did. Remember oh, yeah. him coming on loan? Yeah, mm. to, to 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 Luton. Good luck, Ben. Top man, Ben. Yeah, he was Funny top man. man. When well, he came to Brighton, and um, and I played with him for for like three or four years with him, and he's my he's my best mate, and he will kill me for not putting him because he just <laughs> thinks I'm I'm picking this keeper because his name dropped. But my keeper for me is an is an easy one. So I, if you want clues, um, I, I won't give you the obvious one, but he. International. He, he was an international. Yeah, he was an international and 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 uh, a God's a God's country international. He was. I got it. Um, he he was famous for, for two things actually. One for being a goalkeeper, and then one for a protest, a halftime protest. Oh, um, I don't know. he played. Yeah, he was famous for two two things. And you know? huh? He's actually managed non-league as well. Down I'm, on the, I'm uh, stick of my original choice. Down on the southeast coast, coast. Yeah. Uh, any more clues, or do you, or do you think? Or... Andrew, I'll let Andrew have a guess. I just one. What so? Welsh goalkeeper plays down there. I'm just, I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna go for it. Oh, Mark, go for it. Southall, Neville Southall. Yeah, Neville Southall. Do you know what? I wasn't gonna say that because I did not want to insult Nathan by thinking he's that old. Well, well, yeah, but Nev was older than me, but I, I thought he was going to say, I won't get insult Nathan to think there's no way in a million years you played with Nev. <laughs> no, 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 it was more of a case. So, I suppose Southall played till he was about 45, didn't he? So going for it. Yeah, he won that over. We played him. We, he, he came to South End, um, wasn't he? He was South End. So I played with him at South End ah, for about four months. Um, okay. And he was he was absolutely brilliant. Um, absolutely, very, very extrovert, but he was absolutely brilliant. Um, and, and as I said, I, I've got I got promoted with Ben Roberts twice, and and he was my best mate. So he's going to kill me because he's just said, "Nah, you're only putting him in because he's, he's never so." Not back. being, I'm not being harsh, unharsh on Ben. Ben was a decent goalkeeper, but like you, you're going up against Nev. Nev is like, yeah. come on, exactly. I so mean, if I played half a game with him, I would have put him in. But I, I actually did play with Nev Selfo. So looking back on it, yeah, he was fantastic, and he was, you know, he was still superb. Um, we weren't that great at South End, but he was absolutely outstanding. As I said, very extrovert. Um, I've never seen anyone, without being disrespectful, eat that much fruit before a game, but or train that hard before a game. 
Um, but he was, he was brilliant and great lad come in, no airs and graces, literally what you, you know, what you, you saw is what you got. And uh, he was, uh, yeah, he was fantastic. A few people oh. have had him in his team, Jonah. Like a Newley, few? Newley, I reckon about Newley, a dozen. Yeah. Newly, I think Newly, Johnny Artson, and they've all said he's unbelievable with his feet. Unbelievable. I, I, I remember, it was weird, I remember when I was at Cardiff City as an apprentice, um, the Wales team used to train like down in Cardiff and, so, and sometimes if they, you know, a couple of them turned up injured or whatever, they'd need one or two for a practice match. And I remember playing with uh, on a practice match once. So I could actually name Dean Saunders, Ian Rush, all those because I actually played in the practice match. But I remember going and training. They wanted someone to train him and he was unbelievable with his feet, just in two touch and things like that. And that stood out for me then. But at that time I was 16 and he was, you know, these were legends, absolute legends of the game. Like, and, uh, yeah, you were uh, unbelievable. Decent. Fantastic. I also noticed that you, I did a bit of research, you played with um, the first ever goalkeeper to save a penalty in the FA Cup final as well. Is that right? I did, and which is another one, dear Besson. Yeah, I would play yeah. with him at Brighton. And uh, he was, again, another one that was that was, that was right. That they're great, great guy. I, I'm not sure I could say what we call him on here, but um, uh, 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 I don't know if you got an edit button because I'll say it if you've if you got one, if you can cut it out. <laughs> We, we, we haven't got any button. All right. Hey. Well, we actually call him Chicken Ass because he's, he's the flattest back you've ever seen in life. Um, great lad. Again, <laughs> came to Brighton, zero airs and graces, settled into everyone, was just a great, I'm a great lad. I still see best now, actually, um, at games and things, but top man, top, top man. Sure to make it the crazy gang, you'd have to have A, a bit of personality, and B, no airs and graces. Ah, oh, yeah, but you know, when you come towards the end of your career, you might think, "Well, I've done it all now. I'll just cut." But he yeah. didn't. He came. He, he had about. Uh, he had a truck with about seven hundred thousand miles on it, and he had a, a poli- he had every police detector button you've ever seen in your life, and, and stuff. He had, about, he had actually more. He had more points in his license than we had points in the league. So it was. Excellent. So we move into defence, uh, right back, left back, whichever one you want to start at. I'm going to start at left back, fit in really, um, and he's well known to everyone. My first clue. Well known to everyone. Yeah. Is it, where was he? At Brighton, South End with him? Which which club? I can't say that because I think he'll oh, give it away okay. too easy. Yeah. He's, he's the biggest moaner I have ever come across, not in football, in life. It's got to be one of your best mates, Marv, isn't it? Biggest moaner. Don't you always say that Mitchell's always a moaner? Yeah, I was going to say that. I, next clue, I once saw him walking in town centre in a dressing gown. <laughs> that has to be Mitchell then. It has to be. Mitchell and Thomas? The last clue. The last clue yes. <laughs> if, you, if you go into a coffee shop between 12 and 2 in any midweek day... He will be there with Jeff the Terry and and <laughs> Parker. Mitchell. Mitchell Thomas. Dressing gown. Yeah. I remember that in the dressing gown. He used to, what that was a joke. What was he doing? I have no idea, but I'm and I'm and I'm thinking and I need clarification. I think he wore clogs and a dressing gown. Yes, Wasn't he, clogs did, he did. And, and a he, dressing gown. Was it a crazy end of season thing? Gown. No. no, he was just, it used to be a shop in Luton. Um, I can't think what the, it was called now, where they used to sell like, or it was the best shop in Luton where they sold um, 
I think it's moved to Dunstable now. No, it wasn't the profile that's Brighton. Um, Paloui, um, was it? No, no. I remember if someone, if someone, if Mick knows it. Mick knows tells me about it. But they used to sell Ralph Lauren and things like that. At yeah, the time. I know they shot you on about because the, the yeah. owner was Jay. Jay was the yeah. Owner, that's right. That's right. He's, and Jay he's in Dunstable now. He's in, he's in, and um, and and I, I was walking around there. And Mitchell was 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 like in the shop in the dressing gown and um, and clothes. <laughs> He was. I, I, I used to wear. I used to wear that a lot. That it was a burgundy dressing gown, something like a purpley yeah. colour. It was. Oh, he just didn't care. He just didn't. He care. didn't care. That's the thing. And he used to, I got to be honest. When I first ran, he used to frighten the life out of me because he used to moan. And it, it, you know, I, I played in front of him, left left wing, and and stuff. And he didn't want to move. If you move, if you passed it either side of him, he would he would nail you. And he he, had, he didn't care. That I was a young lad. He didn't care. It was my, you know, I just come to the club. He he was just he was sink or swim. He annihilated me. And he got used to it by by the time I left and stuff. But I always remember it. I still tell him now. I said the biggest moment. James, he's, he still moans now. He doesn't change. He does never change. He's well, Mick says moans. That he moans about food. He moans when he goes to a restaurant. He moans. It's not this. It's not that. He's a yeah. yeah but, Great lad. I, I really yeah. like Mitch, to be fair. Really I'm good real. lad, but yeah. Mitch, yeah, that made me laugh. I forgot about the dressing gown. I forgot. <laughs> you can tell. You can tell because your face tips back, Marv, when you can tell these... <laughs> the memories are flooding back. <laughs> right back then. Mitchell is at left back, complaining, um, whinging. So who have you got right back? Right, right back, uh, to be fair, is, is... I played with him. And, and uh, he was a midfield player. He was a, he was a Welsh international midfield player. But when I played with him, he played right back, and he was unbelievable. unbelievable. Now, the best right back I probably played with in terms of other, other than that would have been Graham Alexander. I really mm. I signed at the same time at Luton as Graham Alexander, and and uh, you could see Graham was he was similar to me. I thought in 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 lots of reasons. He had a better career than I did. So I, I don't mean to be disrespectful in, in, in that way, but he was sort of just came, he was hungry. He's come from Scunthorpe at the time. We both signed at the same time. And he went on and just, and I played against him later on for Preston and he was, I couldn't get near him, literally could not get near him. Um, and uh, and he was he was excellent. And uh, I said, really good guy and, and everything. But this one actually sort of pips him um, because of, um, of, of, of the stature and everything he was, but he was actually a midfield player. But I played with him at Cardiff and he played right back. He was coming to the end of his career. He's a Welsh international midfield player. Welsh international midfield player at Cardiff, coming to the end of his career. Um, He's actually, God rest his soul, deceased now. Uh, Andrew? Was famous, for, was famous for a really big tash. Oh, that's frightening. Who I thought it was. In terms of deceased, but I think he used to, he used to play left field. Famous club where, Swansea. Where, where else did he play? Give us another clue. Did he know what other clubs did he play? He, he was famous for playing for Swansea. Swansea. Oh. Swansea was the one where he, uh, you know, he played in a real was it, good. Was it, uh, is it Alan Curtis? No, he's from my village at Alan Curtis. Never got to play with him, but he's actually from, um, uh, yeah. My head's that, going to... Bit of a mullet. He had a bit of a mullet. A bit of a mullet. Oh, when you say it's a big tash. A big tash. Played for QPR. Played for Stoke. I'm not sure they're clues, really, but Swansea was his team. Um, yeah, I think he's done us. No, Ronnie Wright. I've just got gum through my head and I can't get Chris Gum through my head. Um, no, he's, he's, yeah, well, he's still alive for a start. So that, yeah, uh, no, yeah, that's why. <laughs> yes. Um, you want me to tell you? Go on, then. 
Go on. Robbie James. <sighs> Robbie James. What yeah, he a is a midfielder. Possibly the best. He would have got in in midfield. But to be fair, right. I've got four midfield players who, who, who were excellent midfield players. And, Robbie James. Um, and if, if I'm honest, he was he was the best player. I think the best player I ever played with. Um, really? Wow. Yeah, I played in both for Cardiff um, and, and Merthyr. And um, he was my manager at Merthyr. He took me to from Cardiff to Merthyr. But what a player. God rest his I mean, he was phenomenal. He was still playing, obviously, for Slanesley at the time of his death. Um, but just technically more but brilliant and and one of the nicest human beings you'll ever ever I'm very blessed to have shared a football pitch with him um and I, I'll never forget what what player yeah and, was and he, he was, was he, he would have got in the midfield as well was he was he from where you <coughs> grew up then Jonah he was from he Swansea he was he was Swansea born and 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 things so he wasn't so I didn't know him till till I went to like right. I was at Cardiff and then towards the end of his career um he came to he came to Cardiff um and um and he was just phenomenal. And then he got offered the role of player assistant, player manager at Merthyr. And he left, and he should never have left Cardiff, really. Right. Um, but he obviously wanted to get into management. And Merthyr were a big club then, you know, they were, they, were, they were the third biggest club in Wales, you know, bigger than Wrexham, bigger than Newport. I know those are like higher up the chain now, but uh, um, really big sort of non-league side that wanted to get in the league. And, um, and he was, yeah. What, what a player for Cardiff he was brilliant he should have stayed he really really should have stayed but he didn't and, and went into management didn't quite work out but, uh, but as I said yeah it, very it's, is, it Ro- is it Ronda you're from Ron- is it Ronda I'm from the Ronda yeah, is that, yeah. That, yeah. Hughes, is, that's where Hughes is from isn't it Kerry I'm Hughes from near enough same place as Hughesy Alan Curtis some good uh, Geraint Williams if you remember him yeah Robert Page yeah. All, all, yeah. All, all Ronda ones um, all, all slightly more illustrious more illustrious than myself, but uh, so is, said, it, yeah, is it renowned yeah. for producing players? Then Miranda, I think. I think it, it, not. It's not. I wouldn't say it's a hotbed, but there's a few players came from there. You know, a lot went to Bristol Rovers, and a lot went to Luton because the, the guy that actually um, sort of scouted me was was David Pleat's guy called Les Shannon. Um, Shannon Bellez. I had found Johnny Artson. Um, uh, Reese, Jason Reese, you know, yeah. uh, people like Pem- Pembridge. I think Mark Pembridge spoke about it as well. Mark Pembridge, exactly the same. Yeah. Like, uh, <sighs> you know, Kerry Hughes, um, uh, all these, you know, real, real good players um, that came from Wales. And there was a lot of them. I said Robert Page was, was at the time, Alan Curtis has, um, uh, you know, which is going back slightly more, but and a lot went to Bristol Rovers then. A lot right. of Welsh people, Welsh ones, you know, Tony Pulis is manager there at Bristol Rovers and took a lot of Welsh, Welsh players and stuff. So, so yeah, it is, it is a little bit of a hot bed. Um, right. But, uh, that's, uh, yeah. Um, uh, so, I, I mean, I would, as, as you've touched upon it then, so talk, talk, talk to us about the, the Luton. How did it, I mean, obviously Les spotted you and then was it was it a decision of you thinking, mm, um, or was it something you was going to jump at the opportunity to try and, Get involved in a professional. No, it was, it was something I was. Uh, if I'm honest, it could have. It, it was weird because I left Cardiff. I left Cardiff because um, I wasn't playing in Cardiff's first team. So then to leave to go to Merthyr was an easy decision for me because playing in Cardiff's reserves on Merthyr's first team was 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 thick because Merthyr were a really good GM conference side. It was called then. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and um, and when I went there, and I only played. I played one game. No, two games for Merthyr. And I could have signed for Luton after two games for Merthyr. Les Shannon completely told me the story. Um, and uh, and he came. And Les Shannon came. And I played at Dover away. And was I had, I had two fantastic games, my first two games. And uh, Les 
Chan and said, I've, I found one, was his words. He said, I found one. So um, him and Pleaky came to watch me because we had Swansea in the, uh, in the cup, but I was suspended um, uh, and, and for the game. So I didn't play. So Pleaky goes, ah, look, I, I, and, and oh, Pleaky's like, Pleaky's a thinker and, and sometimes in what he says. And thought, if he, if he suspended this early, is something wrong, we'll, we'll just monitor him. <laughs> And they literally monitored me for a year and took me at the end of the year. So I actually could have gone a year early. Whoa. And then it was just really strange. But I had, I had an opportunity, I had a good year that year, and I could have gone to either Coventry, who were in the Premier League, or, or Luton, who were, who were, well, it was championship. You know, it wasn't championship then, but it was, it was that. But when I met Pete, he, he, he just knew me, watched me, told me everything. And, and I just felt more comfortable. I met Ron Atkinson, but I felt more comfortable. And, but it took ages to get me. I, I, I agreed a contract. I agreed the contract on the same day as David Priest's testimonial, the man you. Yeah. I travelled back to Luton to sign everything. And then uh, and on the way back, me and Pete, he crashed. <laughs> he crashed his car. <laughs> I just think, what's that going on here? So he crashed his car on the way back. And then um, it actually took about six weeks to get it through because they were haggling over compensation and stuff. And literally... I signed two weeks later, Pleaty left for Sheffield Wednesday. So it, it, you know, it was, it was just a real, real surreal time. It was a great move for me. They, they're haggling over compensation. And in that time, Pleaty left for Sheffield Wednesday. Pleaty so was I, haggling I, over his compensation. Well, he was haggling more over his than mine. I promise you that. <laughs> and, uh, and then I, I turned up first day and it was Terry Wesley, who was a manager, you know what I mean? With about, if you remember, he had about eight or nine new signings then. Yeah. The top of them already. Big squad, um, so it was yeah, it was it was weird. So going back to your growing up yourself, um, who do you support? Who did you support growing up in the in the Ronda? I was a Cardiff fan, really, but I was a Tottenham fan. But I, 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 my local club was Cardiff. And I could never watch Cardiff because we always played on Saturdays, so I could I could never go um, with, uh, and, and things. So I was a Tottenham fan because I loved Ray Clemens, and then when he because when he moved from Liverpool to Tottenham. I loved, I just loved Ray Clemens. And then I loved Chrissy Waddle and, and Glenn Hoddle and, and Clive Allen was my favourite. Clive Allen and Chris Waddle are my two favourite players of all time. Um, and I just just was a Tottenham fan, really, but always been a Cardiff fan because all my mates are Cardiff fans. So if I go home and um, I got a weekend off and, and the boys are going to watch Cardiff, I'll go and watch Cardiff, you know me, and be a Cardiff fan. Thing. So, so that was it, really. But it, I wasn't sort of, my dad never took me to games and stuff like that. Because I always played and we, and if we did watch football, we'd watch a local team in, in the, like the Welsh League and, and things like that. And we enjoyed that and as, as things, to be fair. So I never actually went to games as a kid. I just played. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So moving on to centre-backs. Um. Hugh Goodens really, and uh, as I said, both coming towards the end of their career. Um, again, going to Cardiff, one of them, uh, international, uh, illustrious player, a great human being, a little bit like Robbie James really, um, really helped me and, and how he was. But he was left-sided centre-half. At the time he played for Cardiff, he, he was a Welsh international, but one of the best, one of the best Welsh oh. ever. Was he left-footed? He was, he was left footed. I'm going to just throw it out there. Another guess. I don't know if he played for Cardiff though. Um, I can't even think of his real, his proper name. I can even know his nickname. Cookie. No, he didn't play for Cardiff. Chris Coleman. Yes, that's it. Chris Coleman. Chris Coleman. And Chris Coleman was the same size at 16 as he is at 45. He was <laughs> huge. 
he was just this rampaging left back. He was a left back anyway, and played for Swansea. The biggest legs I've ever seen. Just a shot. Oh, tree trunks. Like, tree trunks. Biggest legs I've ever seen. And and scared the well, lucky he was left and I was left because I wouldn't have gone anywhere near him. <laughs> but this guy was a legend. He's a legend of Welsh football. The one of the apart from when you go back to like the John Charles times and stuff like right. that, this, there will not be a better centre half that has played for Wales or will play for Wales in a hell of a long time. Join in when you want, Andrew. Get him too easy. All right, all right. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Jeez. Marvin, you're... Um, he was from North Wales, which was borderline Scouser as well, really. But it, and, and was Cardiff his only club? No, no, no. He's, he had one other club. And then at the end of his career, he came to Cardiff. The greatest ever Cardiff mid central defender. No, he was. A, he, he was. Oh, a, no, he, he's the greatest. One of the greatest Welsh centre halves, and he played for Cardiff at the end of it. So I'm not saying he's one of Cardiff's greatest. Right, was, but you know, without being getting my fact book out, I couldn't tell you that. He said he had one other club. One other club. He played his oh, other club. He played with Neville Southall. Oh, oh, Ratcliffe, Ratcliffe. Gotcha. Yeah. For me, he's the best left, the best left-sided. Well, for me, he's the best Welsh centre-half ever, ever. I can't think of anyone that comes anywhere near him. He's probably, at the time, when they used to say, there was a British team, there's a few Welsh players would have got in that team. Yeah. He's he's one of them. Southall, him, and probably Ian Rush at the time. Would have got in England. Would have, would have got in the British team and stuff like that. They were that good. What was his first name again? Kevin. His first, Kevin Ratcliffe. That's it. Such a strong. Like he was like a yeah. man, wasn't he? A man. Oh, but, and such a good guy as well. Now I, I look, my dad. My dad sees him sometimes at, at functions and stuff, and always like always speaks, always asks about me and stuff like that. And you're thinking Kevin well, Ratcliffe. Yeah, like that because he, he was fantastic. He was captain of Everton as well, wasn't he? Oh, I mean, Everton had some side then. You go through Everton's side with, with Graham Sharp, with Guy Lenko, oh. Peter Reid, Mountfield. If. I played with Derek Mountfield as well, actually, by the way. Derek Mountfield is another one, yeah. Derek yeah. Mountfield. Another one was Tony Parks, the goalkeeper. But I was right at the end of my career that, that I went on loan to Scarborough and Derek Mountfield was playing and, and, right. and Tony Parks was playing. That's sort of good players then. But yeah, Very much so. So... So, people who young side youngsters who are listening to the podcast, um, Radcliffe's been mentioned. You've you've said he's obviously such an amazing player. Who would you liken him to? The in the modern era, or is it a case of football's changed so much? <laughs> no, he could play in this era because he was yeah. standing in possession. He wasn't like as you know. He didn't rely on just being aggressive. He read the game. He was quick. He was left footed. I mean, he'd be playing for. For Barcelona, he'd be playing for top because because he, he was he was that good. And I'm talking that Everton side was it was was a great side. Yes. Brandon Howe, Sheedy, Peter yeah. Reid, Stephen, you know, Stevens. They're they great side, great great side. And and he he was that man. I mean now you know he's he, he top end. He, yeah, he'd be playing for Man City. He'd be he'd be fifth. So is he like, is he more like a Van Dyke or is he more like a Harry Maguire? Because they are a little bit different stature as well in the way they put themselves about, don't they? Well, I think Van Dyke's bigger than him, and I think Maguire Maguire's he's, bigger. Yeah, he's really smooth. A bit of a John Stones in possession, but but a proper defender as well. I mean, you know, he's as good as he was. 
Um, yeah, it's probably like just one who's just not long finished. Um, company, someone like the company, oh, Vincent Company, what and a leader and a gentleman mm. as well, mm. just just top end player. And we, you know, I'm very fortunate to have to have had a, a year with him in terms of you know knowledge and, and things like that. But but more than that, it's it just. So I watched him and I because I went to watch Wales and say the Wales had then and stuff at the Vetchfield and things. And he was he was the best player Wales had, even though they had Ian Rush, they had you know Dean Saunders, they had you know, a lot of these, but he was the best player. He was world class in Wales' yeah. team. He was world class. Yeah. Fantastic. So next to Radcliffe, who's your other centre back? I I I I I did toy. Um, with with a few on this one um, and stuff, and uh, it, it's weird, but I, I, I played with a guy called Simon Morgan at um, uh, at Brighton, who was at Fulham all his life. That I, I really enjoyed playing. Fulham. Yeah, he was a good player. Yeah. Fulham, he, player. He, d- he doesn't make it just because, but, the, but I, I had to give him a mention because I, I really enjoyed playing with him. He was excellent. Couldn't train; his knees were shot to bits. He couldn't actually train, but he he played. He was that Paul McGrath story legend. Yeah. And just play and stuff and, and things. But this one I played with, I played with the South End. He was a Norwich legend, um, technically brilliant, one of the biggest heads you've ever seen in your life. Oh. His nickname's Buzz Lightyear, but excellent player. It was in Norwich's European Cup run when Norwich had a really good side with Jeremy. Oh, with all, with all Jeremy Goss and that, but yeah. With that side, Ian Crook. Um, Gordon played, I think, there, Butterfield. And this one was the centre half. I think he was, I'm not sure if he was captain, captain of South End. Um, and I played with him when he played in a back three. And he, I played wing back. And he would just say to me, just get yourself as wide as you can, 60 yards away, and I'll find you. And I've never seen anything like it. Read the the game. only one I can think of is, and I don't think he played for South End, though. But he, he, when you said Buzz Light, he had, a, he had a big head. Did he have a big head? Yeah, big head. Yeah. This guy had a biggish head as well. John Newsom? No, it wasn't John Newsom. Yeah, no, John Newsom wasn't John Newsom. He was also his, his other nickname was Charmer because he he loved to put he loved to pull a neck in a nice thin jacket. Um, he's actually working, I think, for Man City now, scouting. Um, and Norwich is his other big club, other club. Norwich was his biggest club, really. I'm not sure if he played for Coventry as well, but Norwich was his club. If you you won't, you won't get him from any other team apart from Norwich, because that's where he was famous. No, I'm struggling today. I'm really embarrassing myself. Well, to be fair, it's because it's the state of my career, I think. But hey. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I'm just no, not, no, because I, I did a bit of read. I was thinking, I was looking at people like um, Virgo and people like that. So I did. A, I was looking at. Nah, I'm a better centre half than Adam Virgo. <laughs> Adam Virgo. No, but he's get... a legend at Brighton, though, isn't he? Yeah, but he wouldn't get in my team. No, I played with him. <laughs> like, all out, all that's, out. What I, that's what I mean. I was looking at people like that. <laughs> no, I could have, but hey, I think if you know, I managed these, these, some of these, I, I managed to catch a lot of people at the end of their career that were had a bigger impact on me than something. Obviously, I played in promotion teams at Brighton and stuff where we had a lot of good players and, and good yeah. people. You know, we had good midfield players, hard midfield players, people like Charlie Oatway, Richard Carpenter. They played some real, real good players. But with the some of these, I, I managed to play, whether it was six months with or a year or four months, as he never has. What about, oh, um, Coleman. Coleman? Was he... 
play, he was the, he was he was the next one. I, him and Coleman played together. Simon Coleman from Bolton. Yes, good knowledge, real good knowledge. Because I remember these players. I'm just going to. I know. I know. I should know this. And you said John Newsom. You've almost got the name right. Go on. You've done me. Rob Newman. Rob Newman. Yeah. Yeah. Rob Newman was technically as good a centre half I played with. Rob Newman. Yeah, I remember him. He was apart from Kevin Rackett. He was the best technical one. Just and he could put a ball sixty yards. You reckon? Uh, well, about eight, nine times a game. I, I, he got me a move. He got, he got me my move. I moved that year from from Southend to Brighton, and basically played with wing backs. And, and Alan Little was the manager, and he played centre of a three. Um, Simon Coleman was the other one. Uh, was was the other player that played there, and he literally would just hit. And because he's right footed, he favoured it in the right, it in the left side, and he would literally just keep doing it. And uh, brilliant. And all I did was run. Which I was good at, to be fair. I made a career at running. You was fit. Uh, Are you listening? Technically, when you first come to Luton, I remember technically, Jonah. You was, I mean, because I mean, we like to play obviously football, obviously as you know, because you're the manager now. But technically, you come in, you was like, for me, it was like bang. You just fit in like a glove because like you had all the attributes just to be a Luton player. If that made sense, you know what I mean? Well, that's and why I could why play. Yeah. Tech, tech, I think under Pleti, I would have, I would have done better. No regrets because it, it led me on different paths, which have, have helped me now. But um, yeah, I was, and, and look, I was probably the fittest human being I've ever met. Like, and that's how I made a living, really. But technically, I was, I was okay. I, would, I, I think I had a, I, I was, I was able to prolong my career because I was left-footed because they're a bit more of a premium um, and stuff. But no, look, I, 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 I loved my career, enjoyed my career, but I, I, I literally just ripped every single thing out of my career. I loved it. Like, you know what I mean? I, I prolonged it for as long as I could and, and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, but um, he was, yeah, he was, he was fantastic. Rob. He was fantastic. Is that a message you give the players these days? I Prolong it, it we enjoy good. it, love it. Yeah. But we signed good human beings here. We've had such a, you know, when I first came in there, one or two issues in the past with certain characters and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, we, we didn't, we, we signed good human beings that want to get to the next level. We've got hunger, all the, the signings we've had now about hunger at whatever stage they are in their career is, is is about desire wanting to get better wanting to train hard wanting to enjoy it because there's always a good atmosphere here but about getting to the next level and 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 and, and I, without being disrespectful there's a couple at that Luton side that could have gone further if they'd had an application in that Luton side some of them uh, at the time um because there were some players that if they just you know there was top top players that, that would have would have played Premier League football for a long, long time, um, yeah. with like tweaks to, to certain parts of of, of of their armory, like as opposed to great human beings like Alexander, for example, who, who yeah, made I, it I think Graham, because of personality. I think Graham, was, <laughs> Graham wasn't, you know, Graham wasn't. I didn't have the natural talent of a Scott Oakes, for example, um, <clears throat> uh, but. Graham probably had a prolonged or, or a, a longer career than Scott because they were different characters. Scott was when I came in. Scott was, you know, was 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 a real bubbly, larger than life character that that loved being footballer. You know what I mean? And, and some of the ability he had was was phenomenal. And um, Kerry Hughes was unlucky with injuries because I think if if he hadn't had the knee injuries he did, and at the time he had them, he would have been in this this team because uh, he was. You know, he was as good again a Welsh international playing, but I didn't get to play him because he was injury injured. I didn't get actually play him, so I, I put him down here out of default. But he, what a player he was! 
um, and Kerry, but was unlucky with, with knee injuries. Yeah, fantastic. So what we can do now is pause um, after hearing the first five players from Nathan's uh, best 11. And then when we come back for part two, we'll hear the rest of the rest of his best 11. Hi, I'm Kelvin Davis. This is Sean Deitch. This is Ricky Hill. My name is Kevin Nichols. My name is Mark Pembridge. Hi, my name's Rebecca Lowe. Kevin Gallen. Hi, my name is Mick Harford. My name's Steve Davis. This is Ian Foyer and Kevin Foley. My name's Graham Alexander. And you're listening to... And you're listening to My Best Eleven. My... My Best Eleven. My Best Eleven podcast. Great, we're back for part two of my best 11 podcast with Nathan Jones. Marvin, we've got a new segment, which is Marv's 60 Seconds. I've got the clock okay. going, Marv. So, you have you got the questions? I've got the questions just here in front of me. Are you just ready? straight away, whatever comes into your head, Nathan, go. Favourite other sport apart from football? Uh, tennis. VAR or no VAR? Uh, VAR, but it has to change... <laughs> All right. Um, if you could change one rule in the game, what would it be? VAR. <laughs> okay. Favorite um, luckiest luckiest player you ever played with? Martin Carruthers. Why? Played himself uh, because possibly one of the worst footballing techniques ever, but scored twenty goals a season at League One and League Two <laughs> level, and a great lad as well. Calling funniest te- Gandhi looked like Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> I know, Carruthers. Funniest teammate. Funniest teammate. Uh, Paul Rogers at Brighton. Drive. Messi. Real drive. Messi or Ronaldo. Messi. Bundesliga, La Liga, or Syria. La Liga. And one more, Marv. If, if you wasn't, if you weren't a footballer, what would you have done? P teacher or policeman. Okay. Interesting. Some good shouts there. Thank you very much, Nathan. So we will move on to midfield. You said the diamond. So do you want to start at the base of the diamond? Um, yeah, I'm going to start at the base of the diamond. Um, and this one, I love, I, I, I don't take this the wrong way. I love ginger players. I tried to sign ginger players because I just feel they have something about them. You know, sometimes... A bit of fire. When, bit of fire. Yes. Used to be like used to sign someone to Ireland because they come over with a, with a point to prove, or sign a Scottish player because they come down with a point. To prove. Ginger players are, are are that for me. I think I love them, and this one was 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 probably the best ginger player I've I've played with and come across. Oh, can we go? How many ginger players are in the current Luton squad? Uh, one. I got my board up here. <laughs> one that will probably deny it. <laughs> Hold on, who's that? Who would deny it? I think Joe Morrell would deny it, but I, I think we'd have to check. But there's definitely two, and two. And, and one dies his hair. So, yeah. One, what, the one who dies his hair, did, did, did he do his research and thought Jones the only signs ginger player, so he died at ginger? He died at ginger, and then when he's here, he just, he just dies it back. So, yeah. He wants to move without the stigma, without being disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't, I didn't know Cameron Jerome did that, but fair enough. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he was this one. I played with him at Brighton and we signed him on loan from Arsenal. Um, and uh, oh, did he play for Chelsea uh, as well? Yeah, he went Chelsea and Chelsea signed him from Reading. 
Yeah. Well done, Andrew. Go on, Andrew. Welcome to the game. Patronising. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you have this one. Go on, then. Stephen Sidwell. Stephen yeah. Sidwell. Yeah. Yes. Um, Real came, um, as I said, was, was about 20 when he came to us. Uh, we took him on loan and played nearly, I, I, I think it was nearly full season. Then when Steve Coppel left, he signed in permanent for Reading, um, uh, to be fair. So he, he, he literally went and then signed him and, and Reading bought him from Arsenal. So uh, really sad because we he was fantastic for us, hard, athletic, could play, um, and then went on to have a fantastic career. And and again, is the same human being now as as that twenty year old I met back in two thousand and three. Um, yeah, real good, uh, real good guy, um, top player. Had a top top career, um, mm. to be fair, and and deserved deserved it. Um, and so yeah, look, real good player. Enjoyed playing with him. Um, and stuff and, and stuff. We had a lot of good players like that at, at, at Brighton, you know, passing through and stuff. But he played, he played, I think I, I have to check, but he played about seven, seven months and just went when Copper left. Yeah. So here you played him at the base. What do you want to see from somebody at the base? Is it the spray passing? Is it the getting involved and stuck in? Or what what's their yeah, role? midfielders what we look for there is one defensively sound are they mobile can they see danger can they snuff danger out can they, are they physically strong enough to go up against that number 10 and things like that and mark those then uh, out possession in possession then yet yeah, we wanted to be technically good be able to rotate range of passing is is pretty essential because it's like the quarterback position um, but also have to you know be able to keep things ticking over and give it to to other players within the diamond ooh are, are really technically uh, uh, very good. I, I honestly think he could play in either side of the diamond or or he could play anywhere in the midfield, to be fair, because he, he could do everything. <clears throat> but for this one, because of the other players I've got, I'm, um, I'm going to play him at the base. Yeah. J- Jonesy, just going back to you now, um, going back to when you spoke about you didn't, I mean, it wasn't a tough decision to leave Cardiff. Obviously, it was a case where, like, at, 16 you wanted to be obviously playing Murphy's first team obviously which was I mean I think a lot of kids would would um, learn a lot from that rather than trying to stay somewhere else and playing the reserves but you went to Spain after yeah. and, and, and I don't read like he was homesick was he was he homesick that's all yeah it was weird because why would you move further away from Wales if he's homesick I, I can I can only say because I've done this done this this sort of talk is quite a lot, actually. Right. I mean, as I said, when I left Cardiff at sort of 19, um, I had three years there and I was in the reserves and, you know what I mean, you're pro there, but you're not getting in the first team. So it was an easy decision to go to Merthyr and it was actually closer to home, so no problem. When I came to Luton, I struggled for the first sort of three to four months. Um, I had sort of good friends in, in David Green and Ben Chenery, who I bothered with and stuff. But on weekends, I drove home or my parents drove up. Um, and then... It was pretty clear that under under Terry Wesley, I I I wasn't going to play, and you know, I had about six seven months here, and I just wasn't getting any any headway. The team wasn't playing very well either; he was struggling. Um, yeah, you know, and, and things, and and I just don't think he then thought, well, I'll put a younger one in, and you know, a relatively inexperienced one in. So, I had an opportunity through a guy called Colin Addison, who was a good friend of David Plate, to to, to go to Spain. Now, when they rang up. Uh, Terry West said, "Yeah, I'll I'd be willing to sort of sell him and, and stuff." So 
I, I wasn't thinking much. I actually loved Luton. I really loved the club. I loved the people. I loved the players. The training was brilliant because even not, not saying too much the first team ones because it was more concentrated on the first team players. But in the afternoons, Wayne Turner would take me, Thorpey, Kelvin, you know, Ben Chenery, um, David Green, all the ones, 40 yardists, all those ones, and train. And we do. So I actually learned, like Gavin Johnson, people like that. Yeah. Uh, and would take us in the afternoon and I, I loved it and I felt I was developing but I wasn't playing first team so we agreed for me to go out for two weeks round about January time to, to have a look at it and when I went out there I really fancied it was going to be first team football and, and the only way I can think about it so I was homesick in Luton was, I, I was I'm a Christian a born again Christian and I just prayed about it and it just felt the right move and I'm glad I did it because I grew up quite mm. a lot learnt you know I'm fluent in Spanish learnt a different way of life uh, that helped me further on in my career so, yeah, look, strange decision, but a good one. Oh, excellent. Very interesting. Um, so, moving on to the rest of midfield, either side. Um, this one was, was uh, a player that should have, should have done better in his career and, and is now a, an excellent assistant manager. Um, at the time, started at Liverpool, but I played with him at, at Southend. Um, oh. Technically, one of the best I've seen. He was... And in the greatest of respect, saying he was a bit like a um, a Ronnie Whelan clone, and ironically, Ronnie Whelan signed him for for Southend. Um, he played a few he, games for Liverpool as well, didn't he? He played a few games, a few games for Liverpool, few for West Ham, then decent. moved to Galatasaray mm. um, and with Graham Souness, and then came back, and then had to retire or officially retire um, from playing pro football, but then got promoted twice in the non-league, um, but but couldn't stay at that side because he couldn't play in the league because of his insurance things and stuff. Um, but I think you know... Yeah, yeah, I do. I don't see him, Andrew. No. You've totally thrown me. The only person I know has been back and forth was Colin Kazim Richards, who you also played with. Nah. Nah, nah. He's, uh, he's, he's a bit... After this is uh, like in the 90s, this one went to this one went to West Ham as part of the Julian Dix make weight. So Julian Dix went to Liverpool, and, and this one and another I think went to West Ham. Then he wasn't in West Ham long, and Galatasaray bought him, and Graham Souness went there. Didn't work out there because they needed three. They had three foreigners, and they already had three foreigners, so they literally sold him to Southend. Technically, was a really good player. Technically, really, really good player. No, I'm going to guess him. Once you guys name, I'll name him. Go. Go on. Mike Mike Marsh. Mike Marsh. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the one that introduced me to drinking pints as well, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Are you you a pint man or a red red wine man now? I like like a glass of red wine. I'm not a lager and I drink it I like a glass of red wine or a real craft beer but I don't drink too much I, I tend to spend most of my time at home so I, I, I have a glass of wine a nice glass of wine at home or I, I tend to go out and figure out for a, a lunch in the afternoon just tend to have a, a pint of craft beer something different so I'm getting a connoisseur now rather than, a, than anything wine's the, wine's, the, wine's the way forward I can't, I can't drink lager. lager I hate lager never like lager oh. No, but on every yes. single every single corner in England now, my mates tell me is like a craft, a homemade craft brewery now, isn't it? From what yeah. I understand, in, in industrial estates. Yeah, I, I prefer I prefer that, um, to be fair, because I can't drink your 
traditional Budweiser's or something like that. I'm not that. Whereas back in the day, you know, that's what I used to used to drink. But I, I don't, I don't. But I, I do like a glass of red wine. I think that's. Uh, but you still love your fitness yourself, don't you? You still get involved in all the runs and things like that. Is that something you? I used to be a lunatic. I, I'm I'm finding fatherhood slightly curtailed that a little bit now. So this morning, for example, I used to get up at sort of quarter six every morning. Today I was up at five o'clock, but I didn't manage to get a run in. But I did manage to get a cuddle with my daughter, which was 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 gold is gold dust. So I I preferred that. So I, oh. I that, that, that's what we had. Definitely. So what were they doing this morning? Big tests or do you not? Or We've of- done those done those last week and today. Today was actually a, a bit of a relaxed day. That's why I was finished a bit early because um, they've they've done two hard days. So then they come down now and have, a, and have a so it was a tactical day today. Patterns of play and stuff, which I enjoy because that's that's where where I take. And then the rest you leave up to your coaches and your sports science. So, yeah. Did you do the beat test? I was going to say, that's what I was saying, the bleep test. What, Did you do the beat test? Is it the same one, Jonesy? The, how we no, used it, to do it? On- different ones now. What we used to, well, I, I did pretty much three in my career. The, the ones that we used to do was the continuous ones where you went yeah. there, there and kept going. They've, they've done away with that now. It's called a yo-yo. So you go there, back, and then you have to walk walk and then you've got to go again and then it jumps from steps so it's slightly different the old one's harder the old one's much much i was harder. gonna say yeah, yeah. the old one's definitely i've, I've complete i've completed I, I complete the uh the new one we get to the you end complete where, it yeah yeah I, I i used to complete it but the, the old one you just run until either you stop or your heart does so yeah <laughs> that's what i was gonna say because i saw that the new alan campbell um at motherwell got 23 I think I saw somewhere. I mean, like some... It's a different bleep test now. Like I used to get. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. So that's what was kind of 23 on the old bleep test. That's yeah, that's physically impossible. And the, the the this one goes to about 26. I think it's 26 two. It used to be completed it. Um. So when you when I, when you, when you completed it, you had to carry on running until you got your maximum heart rate. But now then the old one, no, no one completed that. You, you right. Either dropped out or <laughs> completed. Would yeah. you would you say the players nowadays are f- much fitter than when they were in our day? I mean, I think they're different really. athletes. Are. I think it's different right. athletes now. What they are, they they power, pace, and stuff. Before you know, you know, running around Stockwood Park and just go bang, go as quick as you can for four or five miles. Them days are gone. You know, no one does cross countries. No one does anything over fifteen hundred meters now. It's all power work, repeated sprint work, and stuff. So. So look, it's difficult to say because they, they're more rounded athletes. But back right. in the, you know, there's no way anyone of you know, I, I don't think anyone in my players now would have beat me over over across country. But in terms of everything else, I couldn't catch some of the players we got and the repeated sprint right. things too too powerful, too quick. Um, so it's a different type of fitness now. They're more durable, more rounded. Whereas before, you know, you was either quick or you could do. Kenyan cross countries, you know what I mean? Oh, we've heard some very good stories about the cross countries across lakes and people cheating and all sorts of stuff. Um, I, when I you got, guys were growing up, I got, we had, um, we had, I mean, when they talk about sports science, and I say this quite often, and, and, and with Mickey Adams, Mickey Adams, you know, he, he had a, and I say this with great respect, he's one of the best managers I've had, but mental Mickey, like they used to call him and stuff. So we used to have like Terra Tuesdays and stuff. So when they talk about now, you, you know, we play Saturday, you have two days recovery now, you know, you can't train hard until Tuesday again. 
we we were top of the league at Brighton. We played away at Scunthorpe, one nil up half time, lost two one on a Tuesday night. So you, you, you literally traveling back, go back at four. So by the time you leave the, the ground, get into bed, it's five o'clock. So the first team quarter at the time was Dean White, who's another lunatic. It say that in the greatest of respect I because he's, I, I know Dean White, good guy. And he said, get him in at nine o'clock because all the fans that went to watch us came up, we'd be in work at nine o'clock. So get them in at nine o'clock. So like, right, no problem. So with four hours kip, well, three hours kip, then I had to come in. And then Mickey got on a bike, took us down to this lake, which is just down this thing. So we said, for 45 minutes last night, you were brilliant. Now we're going to make up the other 45 minutes. So Mickey was on a bike and we had to go around this lake when Mickey was on the bike. Everyone jogged. When he blew the whistle, you had to sprint until he blew the whistle again. And we had to do that for 45 minutes, right? So it just went round the lake, he's staying sprinted continuously. <clears throat> no structure, nothing, just get on with it. We finished, we had food, and then he said, on the minibus, you're now going to Bristol Rovers to play in the reserves. And we went down on Wednesday night and played and, and drew nil there with Bristol Rovers. Just crazy. So two 90 minutes in, in two days, plus a 45-minute lake run. You're playing on the Saturday? I am playing on Saturday. And we're top of the league, by the way. <laughs> so I mean, you, we uh, we had Daishi on there, Sean Dyson. So he has a thing called the Coach's Day, where it's his day, and every, they come in this one day, and they have to do exactly what he says. And it's like, it's like literally off the chart. Apparently, what it is, they're literally throwing up some of the players. But it's just yeah. one day, isn't it? Is that right, Andrew? Was it one day? Yeah, he said one day. Yeah, one day where he has a he has a, this day where he, because again, I think. I mean, I mean, he's the same effort because you. I mean, work. I mean, there's nothing. Nothing beats work hard, hard, working hard. I mean, no. you can have a you can have a bad touch, you can have a bad game, but that doesn't stop your legs from moving around to close a ball down. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I don't, you might have just given him some ideas there. You watch, you watch, Mark. You're going you're gonna to see people. Like, you're going to see people like Pelly Rannick and that. The smile that we always see from Pelly's face is going to go because Marv suggested we have a, a manager's Monday or something where he, Nathan could do what he likes. Well, it would be Listen. good just to take around Stockwood Park because that, that was that was a good run. I used to love that. Yeah. Run. I remember I the first day actually we we ran on Stockwood Park and I started to jog off. Oh, and Peaky goes, "If you want to go on, go on." And I just went boom, <laughs> and they were like, "Who's this?" Like, because that was the only thing I did. I mean, I think I, at the time, I think Paul Telfer was that the fit real one of the run as well. Yeah. Broke his records and stuff like that, and it was. Uh, so I, I did think I, I announced myself with a bang, but it was like downhill from, from day one. Steady <laughs> <laughs> decline. Excellent. So next to Mike Marsh, who's in the field? Um, the next one would be um, a guy that uh, as I played with. He was early in his career. I had him on, we had him on loan. I managed to play with him. One of the best young players I've ever worked with attitude, everything about him. Um, started to have the most wonderful career and then had a move that I thought was really strange. Has had to retire and has recently started a managerial career, but not official. Okay. And this player, was he with you at Brighton? No. Yeovil. Midfield. Played for England. Played for England. Played for actual England. Played for actual England. The amount of internationals that made the debut for Yeovil Town, you wouldn't believe. Oh! Oh! 
Don't say him yet, because no. yeah, let's give out. Got... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Might... I've got a couple of names bouncing in my head. I might I might be wrong. I'm, I'm going to say, well, did he play for a London club from loan? Yes. On loan? Was it... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On loan? Then he went up north. Real strange move, went up north. And now he's back in London? He's back in London now, but has just embarked on his coaching stroke managing career. I reckon that's what's going to throw me. That should give you a massive clue. Well, everybody's been offered the Spurs job, which means it could be there. <laughs> Go on. Oh, uh, what's his name got out of my head? <laughs> he was young then, and he come to... Mm, it is dead. Ryan Mason? Yeah. Wow. I was thinking Andros Townsend. Andros Townsend made his day before. That's what I was, that's who I had in my mind. That's why when he said he went up north, I thought he went to Newcastle, didn't he? And that was a bit weird. And he came back to, yeah, that's what threw me about. That's why I thought Andros Townsend, but you got Ryan Mason. Yeah. What a, what a right? he was, he was a quintessential number 10, really just yeah. everything you want from a number 10 movement, intelligence, technical, just finishing one of the best. And I, I couldn't believe, and with the greatest of respect, that he left Tottenham for how there was two of them actually because Stephen Corker um, made his debut for, for in league football at Yeovil. So did Andrew Townsend. So did Ryan Mason. All three of them went on to play for England. Alex McCarthy made his debut from Reading at Yeovil. Went on to play. For what England. was it about Yeovil then? What was it? We just had to take players at the youngest. We had to, we had to go and recognise because of the budget right. we had because of the location. We couldn't go and get experienced players. So we went, we, had, we started to have a philosophy where we just took it, but we had to get them early before anyone knew about them. So or before, when everyone thought they were too young or too or too much of a gamble, we took them. Uh, we took Luke Aylin, we took uh, Luke Freeman, Asmir Begovic, um, all played and made their debut in league football for, for Yolvo Town. So, you know, great coup. And not all those, Asmir... Uh, Stephen Henderson as well did, and 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 uh, and from Portsmouth, and he was Irish international. So we're playing yeah. about five, six, seven internationals that started with us, that 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 have gone on to play for the country. And someone like Luke Gaylin is now playing for Leeds and doing fantastically well. Oh. His debut for the thing and, and for Yeovil and signed for Yeovil. But Ryan was superb. I just couldn't understand why he went, why he left Tottenham for Hull with the greatest respect. Mm. Stephen did yeah. exactly the same. Played one game for England, scored on his debut, then moved to Cardiff, um, and and stuff. Just didn't make sense. Oh, yeah, again, you're right in saying that. I mean, that probably a little bit before they were on most people's radar, but still for them, as I mean, maybe what the young pros to go and play um, down at Yeovil, which I think is fantastic because obviously it's, it's league football. But would you? Do well, you we have many one. players? We, we were League One. We were mid, we, yeah. at the time. We were. Right. You know, Surviving at League One level, but then we we established ourselves like a mid-table on the lowest budget in the league, a mid-table thing. But playing young players and stuff, and you know when you look at it, when you look at the record that they produced, and he, he continued to because people like Tom Lawrence, Shane Duffy, uh, that have that have gone on to play for their countries, Wales, and and I think started at you know or or, or passed through Yovis Yovis first team uh, on on the way to to that Lords, you know. Yeah. So I was trying to say, so that same sort of like work effort and the same sort of good people you you like to sign for the first team and ready-made players. Do you, are you managing to bring that into the the youth setup or as a youth manager or into that culture so that if you do have a potential 16, 17-year-old good centre-half, young centre-half, 
oh, listen, we want you to go to so-and-so on loan down in yeah. maybe, I don't know, League Two. Was that, is, is that something which you're trying to in, impose at the club as well? 100%, because it's valuable. They, they get to a point where just technical training and development won't will, will take them so far, will prepare them for what they need then is the games. And we like to pick then the club so that they still get that continued technical, technical development, but getting the game time as well that we are not able to give them at the minute because they're not quite ready for us. And we've done that. We you know, we very rarely take loans. We took one loan last year, which was Norrington, um, uh, Keenan Dewsbury Hall, because we tried to buy him, couldn't. He's not quite good enough for Leicester's first team last year. Played with us, did fantastically well. Now he's in Leicester's first team. So it's, it's you know, it, it's a two-way thing, but we don't tend to take many loans because we, we kind of then develop in players for mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. But at, 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 at Yoba, we had to do it because we wouldn't have survived otherwise. No, I, I definitely agree. And Yoba's a great place, great place to yeah. grow up. And um, they were they were known for the up for the hilly the hilly pitch, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. But they, they got great reputation now. So you got Sidwell at the hold, Marsh, Mason, who's gonna play just behind? This guy, I don't think you'll get, but Ooh. I've I've never. This guy got me a move to Luton, so it was a Scottish international. But he's I have to check his age. Just have to check his age, um, because he was um, really famous player, Scottish international. Played for Man City, um, played for Swansea. He is now just checking his age exactly. Don't want to, seventy-three. So, right. so I played. That's the right bracket. Right. He would have been. City. He'd have been mid forties when I played with him. Right. He played for Blackpool, Coventry, Seattle Sounders, Man City. Won the FA Cup with Man City. Uh, I think he scored. In what? Oh, in what year? Let me find Jeez. it because I think he scored two in the game. Oh, and only one for Man it, City. I've, oh, I've got it! I've got it! I've got it! I've got it! Yeah, um, he had a moustache, didn't he? Oh, yeah. I, I can't think of I can't think of his first name, but his surname yeah. is Hutchinson or something. Like that. Tommy Hutchinson. Tommy oh, Hutchinson. Seriously, Marv. That's outstanding. <laughs> Absolute outstanding. Hutchinson. He. he, I he was, him. Wow, what a player! Phenomenal. He, he was in the same bracket for me as as Robbie Jameson, Ratcliffe. Right. Um, but he, he couldn't he, he couldn't really run it because he was in his forties playing, which was phenomenal anyway. But he used to play left wing, I played left back, and he used to say to me, "Just give it to me, run, I'll find you," and got me the move, got me a move because I was an attacking fullback then, and just I just should give it to him, he do whatever he needed to do, beat one, beat two, find himself some space, and slide me in. And I looked a good player from playing with Tommy Hutchinson, and for me, look at the it was the end of his career, so he wasn't the best player I played with, but he was the most influential single player in my career in terms of playing with him. Um, and another Hutchinson. hard guy, hard, hard Scottish thing, but just that's when I learned. So when I, when I had come up with Mitchell and his moaning, Mitchell had nothing on this guy in terms of being a hard man, in terms of needing me. It was, yeah, and what a guy. He coaches kids now. In um, he, he settled after he played for Merthyr. He, he was at Swansea and then Merthyr and stuff. And after he did that, he, he worked for a council around the Cannon Taff and um, does all coaching now. Uh, so, yeah, so Merthyr was the last one. He's so now coach. Going, going back to your your position, so what was he was a midfielder to start off with and then push back? I was a fullback. I was a left back. I was, 
an attacking fullback. People played me up one, you know. People played me up one, and I wasn't as good as a left winger as I was a fullback because it's a different position. I was better coming on to the game because I was energetic and stuff. When I yeah. had to have my back to play and, and things, I wasn't any good at that. Um, and then I had one trick that I used, but it was better coming from deep, and I was I was it. Um, so yeah, I was I was a left back, an attacking fullback. I was. Um, yeah, probably a little bit before your time then, Jonah, weren't you? Really? I'd, love to, I'd, I'd love to play for us. I was going to say, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say, is, is, there, is there some sort of strange link or is that you're moulding them in yourself? The fact that Luton in particular have made some amazing, in your time, amazing fullbacks. And if you look at players you've had the most success with, you probably would say fullbacks. Yeah, definitely. And we've got some now. We've got, we've got four here now. Um, that I'm really, really excited about. Um, and yeah, look, we I always say to them, you've, you've got to be the fittest player, you've got to be the biggest animal, you've got to back yourself, you've got to be able to go forward, defend, you've got to punch above your weight. Because I, I, I played my best football from 32 to about 35, 36 as a fullback. So I learned the position. I, I, I you know, when I was younger, I, people beat me on the back stick. I could, you know, I wasn't good 1v1, but then I understood the position. I, I never got done back stick. I used my body well. I come up against six foot. People would peel onto a fullback them days and go direct. And I knew how to handle my body. I knew how to defend 1v1 to get tight to the quick ones, to to, to jot. And, and I was better. Um, and that's what the work we do with them now, you know, and, and yeah, look, it's stuff that I needed to learn, so I'm, I'm better at doing that. But I would, I you got would, a bit uh, of a vest. Have you got a bit of a vested interest, and maybe spend a bit more time with those guys and the other ones because you think I know a me. bit more. I probably give a little bit more experience. Look, we've got Mick yeah. here, we've got Paul Hart here, two legends of the game. But I, I can coach a centre half how to defend. But if if I need to give centre half tips, I let Paul Hart do it. I, I coach our centre forwards to, to but. I, I'm not going to be able to give them the knowledge that Mick Arthur could give them because Mick was, you know, Mick, and Mick wasn't just a hard man. Mick was a you know, fantastic player, technically really good, strong, knew what he thought about the game. You know what I mean? And 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 and, and that's what I can't give them. Marv would, would be able to, to speak one-on-one with the centre-half and give him real knowledge yeah. that I, I could, could, could get second-hand, but I didn't have myself, you know. So when you look well, at bringing coaches in, do you look at trying to have coaches then, even if they're not explicitly, it's not like American football where you're the defensive coach or the um, attacking coach. Do you try to kind of tick boxes or is it a case of, is that too... Well, we coincidentally, we've got the manager's a left-back. The, 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 the All my assistants are centre-half, midfield and forward. So, you know, yeah. that's why we that's why we haven't played with wingers in the previous I've got no winging coaches here, but... Uh, <laughs> But, but no, look, we, we, we it's just how it is. I've got yeah. you know, Paul and Mick vastly experienced and and great in, in all ways. I brought in a new one, Chris Cohen, who, who I played with, who would have been in this, by the way, if he hadn't had, again, bad knees, because he, he would have played in the Premier League, Chris Cohen. He was a fantastic player. Um, but he's like-minded. He, he, I took him under my wing when I he, he came and signed for us. He made his debut for us from West Ham. Then we signed him. Then he, he was just one of those energetic wanted to graft, wanted to learn, wanted to get better. Um, talented players that went to Forest, was a legend of Forest. So yeah. worked under 21s, developed, wants to develop here. I'm sure we'll end up being a manager. Doesn't want it yet, but we are grooming him to be a manager at, at whatever time he's ready. So, you know, it, 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 we tried to bring in people with, with long jet. I don't bring in just my mates or anything. We tried to bring in people that enhance the environment and whatever that is. Yeah. 
But touching back onto um, you, the fullback thing, I mean, obviously I played fullback as well, Jonesy, and again, I think I learned. I mean, apart from the the one v one defending, I've learned quite quickly that if you're playing against a, a winger of anyone's sort, um, it'd be more difficult for that player in question to attack me if, if he's defended me in their half. So I was I, that's why I got forward and love to get forward as much as possible from the fullback position, you know. But and in my also, early days, I had to. That was my best form of defence because I couldn't defend. I went in good, I, so I had to go that way. But that was my natural youth and exuberance. But I learned as I got older when I wouldn't say my legs went because I was never rapid, rapid. I was always quick, but never rapid, rapid. But I was always super fit, so I never lost my legs. But I, I just learned to position better positionally, how to use my body, how to be clever, little bumps here and there, and. And, and and sometimes uh, and and things. So I, I, yeah, I, I, and I and I got I got with it. Yeah, but you're right. You know, you, you find out. And we we play a certain way that we want our fullbacks to be athletic and get on and, and pin people back. And if we can do that, then yeah, do less defending. And I was going to say that as well yeah. because you you've you've come obviously you know the second still at Luton, but you've come to Luton and you and it's what I would call being an expert. Like it's the Luton way. It's like I mean entertaining, quick interchange and passing. Like, I think most of all, I mean, I've played in games where like I've got beat, but obviously we've got applauded off the field because of the way we've played. Hard work, but we've tried to play the the looting way, as I call it, ball on the ground, quick passing. Is that something which was like you've had since you've become a coach and then become a manager? Or was it maybe horses for courses and the players, what you've got, you, you work with how it works out? No, look, we have a philosophy about how we want to do stuff, and mine aligned with 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 Luton, and that's why they employed me, you know, in, in the first place. But we want to play what we say is fast, fluid, um, and winning football. So we want to play quickly, but we want to win games. We try to win games. We very rarely sit off. Even, you know, we played, we've been Leeds side and gone to Newcastle, and we went after them. You know, we went after Leeds, went after Aston Villa, we gone after Sheffield Wednesday when we were lower league than them. Because, and I, I see some people say we haven't been that. The only time we've ever been pragmatic is where we where we had to stay up. Um, when I came in for nine games, I knew that points were were, were paramount because otherwise we'd we'd fall behind in our journey. So we did that. But but yeah, look, it's the way we play. We we want to win games and we we can be pragmatic, but we want to play high tempo, high tempo pressing, high tempo passing, high tempo in terms of what we do. And 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 yeah, and that is a tra- no, good good way of playing. I don't think anyone's ever booed me off for the way I played. I, even at Stoke, we were we, we we were actually changing the way they played there. It's just not getting the results we should have got. But I I could probably got more time there for the how I managed and how I played than what probably someone else did who would have less less an attractive style. So it's not a con. It's it is a conscious thing. So I'm not trying to impress anyone. I'm I, I'm just trying to implement stuff that I mm. I believe in. And to implement something, you have to believe it, and you have to drive it home, and you have to believe that you can implement that. Now, at times when I came in for the last nine games, for example, there was no time to suddenly turn into the, the old fluent side that we were at League Two, League One. We just had to get results. We had like six weeks of nine games, or I think it was five weeks of nine games, where any slip ups would relegate us, which was catastrophic financially for this for the team, but also on the journey that we've been on and the time scales that we set out in 2016, rather than be a year ahead of schedule, we would have actually been a year behind. It would have like been a two-year flip. So no, look, we we want to play the certain way. And yeah, I was conscious of that coming to Luton, but 
I'd had opportunities to manage before I came to Luton, but I wanted the Luton job because I knew that we were a fit. And those nine games <laughs> yeah. you talk about, I was going to say, those nine games you talk about, I don't think it would have been possible. I mean, knowing, what I, knowing me, how I know you, if your man management skills must have been, I'm going to give you the compliment. I don't care if you're not going to take it, but your man management skills must have been way up here because there's no way you could come in there if you didn't have to be able to get those lads to play the way they did to stay up if you didn't have good man management skills, in my opinion. Look, we did did a lot of work. I mean, first of all, I came in and apologised for leaving them, you know, because we were on a journey. I persuaded them to sign for the club because we believed we were on a long, long term journey. I told them all they were going to be championship players when I signed them in League Two. Um, so I had to do that first of all, so that cleared the air. Then I just had to, you know, show them I believed in them. Then the the ones who I had, who I inherited from from previous manager, I asked them to do certain things that mine had been regimented in doing and they did and they all bought into it and they're all of them you know some of them people like Jacob Butterfield um, Callum McManaman um, uh, Ryan Tannicliffe who I hadn't worked with before I hadn't signed who I didn't know James Bree really bought into everything and we were excellent I mean the way we did it because we we got five points from the first three games but the belief they got from beating Swansea away and then drawing leads away I mean that we, we we could have lost the game. We also could have won it. But to go to Leeds away when you're bottom of the league and they're top and the best team in the league by a mile and play the way we did, gave them real belief. And then the ironic thing was the next game, we lost the only game we lost. We lost 5-0 to Reading. But they were exhausted. Two away trips, the men mental side of it. And then we never lost them for five games. Three wins, two draws, 11 points. Last five games is championship form, you know. Um, and, and we showed that and we won the games we had to they bought in and we were very proud you know we won games 1-0 we beat uh, I just 2-0 on, on on Sky and, and things but we were just difficult to beat we worked for each other we had a spirit that other teams didn't at the time we we planned coming out of COVID so that we would hit the ground running so everything came together but you're right you have to be a good, good, good man manager but I knew the group I was coming into and right. that's why I knew the club, I knew the group. That's why I took the job because realistically they, they were dead and buried. Like, no, oh, definitely. We were. And thank you from a Luton fan. No. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> uh, so move on to strikers. Here we go. This is where I come into my fourth. Here we go. Roll yeah. six. Um, both these I played with the Brighton. Both these. Um, I, I, uh, I played, I don't know if Marv remembers, but my absolute favourite player of all time was Clive Allen. And he came actually on trial to Luton that year. And I, I got to play with him in, in the reserve game and, and, and things. And, um, and he scored. And but I couldn't put him in because I didn't really play him. He was on trial and stuff like that. But he, that, I would love to put him in. But that would be pure name dropping because he was my, my favourite ever player. Um, and everything, and I actually got to train with him for about a month. Got to play a couple of games with him. Uh, so then, Marcus Stewart was another one I loved playing with. Marcus Stewart. Did, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Jeremy. But like, I mean, I get asked the question: Who's who's the most difficult player? Or one of the most difficult players you played against? And I used to I make mean, people think: Well, is it Mark Hughes? Is it like all these big names? It was Marcus Stewart. Is one of the Top three for me because of his movement. Generally, I remember in this game when he was at Bristol Rovers, he did not keep. I'm, ne- I'm like, I'm having to keep. This guy was like bang, bang, making moves left, right, every single time, and I, I just had to be on my top game to make sure that I didn't, didn't lose him. Ah, oh, but 
I've gone full scale with Marcus. I remember playing against Marcus under 16s, England v Wales. He was their best player, right? Um, that was 16. I remember him, and then I remember. Then obviously we played against each other, and then his career went. You know, it was better than mine. Then I ended up playing with him at, at Bright uh, at, at Yeovil. We become really good mates. We had a fight. I set him up with his wife, and now we're you know still real good mates after 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 football. It's. He's a great guy, um, but what a player. And I, I loved playing with him. And we got him out of default. He, um, again, I'm not divulging too much, but he, he sort of wanted to go back to Bristol. So he, he was still in great form, still a good uh, thing. I think went from Ipswich. Bristol City paid big money for him, paid about five and a half million for him. And he, he just fell out with Gary Johnson. So he was sat there at Bristol, Bristol City. He was a Bristol boy, wanted to live in Bristol. And we were just the next club local like and whatever so we took him on loan and then eventually signed him but what a player i mean what a player i loved playing because i knew exactly what he was going to do so i was a left back that i said fancy myself technically so playing in the front and little movements i do and i knew we were telepathic and then the amount of assists i got for him but the amount of goals he got for my crosses was phenomenal because he was his movement was better his than movement. the crosses. He was, he was, he was getting, he was getting things, and um, yeah, scored in the playoff semi. Was brilliant for us. Great example around the place. I mean, I was fit and things as well and, and stuff, so I didn't need any encouragement. But when others saw him training like he did and and so on, and great lad and 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 and, and things, and really passionate, you know. We had a fight after training because I had blocked him in training. I did a thing where I was using my body cleverly and he didn't like it and and so on. So and, and I think he ran me in the night and, and said, look, I don't know why we did that. I said, I have no problem with that. You know what I mean? But real good guy. And I'm good mates with him now. Set him up with his wife. I had a good friend of mine called Louise. Um, and I set him up and he got married and, and stuff. And I actually turned up a day early for his wedding. Um, <laughs> I had the wrong date. So, good story. But yeah, listen, I, I could have put it. I, I'm actually put him in. No, I, I believe. I mean, he would have been a good one to put in because, like I said, yeah. he's one of the one of the toughest pros I've ever played against. To be honest with you, um, the one I'm gonna one I'm gonna put in came to Brighton. Um, the year we went to the championship, he was our big money signing. He was the only one we we signed that was big money. Um, played for West Ham, played for Newcastle. Um, Fulham. Yes. Yeah, I think Fulham he did play well? for Fulham. Yeah, I think he did. I've got QPR ahead as well. I don't know if that's right. Or not. Yeah, or maybe we're talking about different Newcastle players. and West Ham. I remember, if I'm not sure. Yeah, it was a big money signing at Newcastle. It was quite a big money signing. That that was Marvin really Andrew. Got Andrew, the strongest man I've ever seen in my life. Absolute strongest man. But his movement and his career at Brighton was curtailed a little bit because he had he had a back problem. But in terms of yeah. technique, go on, Andrew. Of, I think we both got the same one. It might not be the right. Yeah, classy. I knew I was playing with a pardon, Paul Kitson. Yeah, Paul Kitson. Yeah, I I knew I was playing with a higher level player, and it's probably only because of his fitness problems. Was he? Did he drop down to the championship? He he, he was top end. His movement sharp was was devastating, and I say Mark Mark Stewart was good, but. I think he was just slightly better, just slightly edged him in terms of top end. It was a, it was end. a derby as well, wasn't he? But yeah, derby, got, that's that's the one. Partnership yeah, with I'm um, not really Fulham. I'm not, uh, no, no, um, with um, Gabardini and Tommy Johnson, yeah. he had a good partnership with them. That's that, right. Yeah, but 
Kitson, yeah, and um, yeah, real, you know, a, a good lad. I actually got on with him. Um, tough, tough guy, um, strong. Loved his gym work. Didn't play enough at Brighton, but when he did, I loved playing with him. I had a real good understand. I had good understanding of people that had movement that wanted into feet to link, um, so I could find them. So they knew where you know. And, and I, 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 I tend to have a rapport with them, and 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 I loved playing with him. To be fair, um, yeah, excellent. Excellent. So next to Paul Kitson. This should be easy, to be fair. Um, Brighton uh, signed the same time as me, but he'd been on loan previous. Um, I've had a fantastic career. Um, if I tell you the teams, it'll be too easy to get again. Well, was it, was it the one I was thinking of last time? I was no. probably thinking of. Right. No? He, no? he, played, he played West well, Ham, played for yeah. Tottenham. Played for Fulham, played for England. Played for England. Zamora. Um, yeah. Yes. Bobby. Yeah. Like, um, I lived with Bobby when I, when I first went there for a year. Um, and it's just exactly the same as Sid Roy's. The same type, same. If I bumped into him now, you know, and I speak to Bobby, I don't speak to Sid's now, but you bump into him and, you know, they're exactly the same people, good people. Um, uh, Bobby's the same. It was, it was a really good mate of mine. Um, we bought a disastrous property together in Marbella. Um, and uh, but he was one of my yeah he's, he's he's the best striker I played with the best striker I played with he had everything and he he, he, he reckons he hates football so he never watched football but he but he, he studied it he was a real student of the game and he, and he was clever I remember us being in um, Chesterfield once and we were playing Chesterfield Tuesday night and he was top of the table clash and they were um they had people like Ian Brecken and people they were an horrible team to play yeah. against. And we were we were rooming together. And do you remember the Gary Crosby goal that he kicked? He, he kicked it out of the he kicked his hands and scored. Yes. And Bobby said, "I wonder if you can get away with that now." And I was like, "No chance, absolutely no chance." I remember this. And then we played the game. We won it up. And then I've played him a pass through, and I've overhit the pass. And he's, he's almost got there, but it was a bad pass to be fair. And he's run past it. The keeper's there, and he's on his knees. And it's you never guess who the keeper was. For who Tan- is this for? Chesterfield. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Nathan, Abbey. Nathan Abbey was the goalkeeper and he stood there and he's, he's on his knees, sorry, with a ball under his arm, but on his knees. And Bobby's just come past, just tore poked it out of his thing, gone round, no one seen and scored and won 2 0. And he was uproar. But he thought about the game, but he could do everything. He was, he was number three cross distance runner. He was the quickest in the team. So you'd very rarely find. A Jamaican Kenyan, if you like, mm. you, you know, that's yeah. the best analogy, really. The Jamaicans usually the fastest, mm. and the Kenyans can do the distance. He could do both, wow. um, uh, and, and and things. He could head it. He was strong. He had no fear. He had great feet. He took penalties and corners with both feet, right and left foot. And um, he had every single thing. Best bit of business Brighton ever did in terms of that. I mean, obviously at the time they were doing that, but he would he would he would now be a top Premier League striker. He would, the way he was, and 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 he just got better and better all the time. Like, and he was he would bring, and you you know, and he had so many rumours about him going and going and going. And eventually went to Tottenham. Surprised me that he didn't play more Tottenham. Then got a move to West Ham, um, and had some real good moves and enjoyed his career. But but yeah, he was yeah he's the best striker I played with. Top, top quality striker to finish off with. I agree. So, you're a manager now yourself. Question I have for you is, of all the managers you've ever worked under, 
who is the best manager you've worked under and why? I, I loved working under Mickey Adams because, as you say, he's mental. He, he, he was, he, I was aligned with him because he loved players that could run, that worked hard, that grafted, that handled the ball, had a little bit about them. Um, and his best thing, Mickey, was his recruitment of players in the lower leagues. Um, and I loved playing under him. I also played under a manager in, in Spain called Antonio Gomez that taught me just how to be methodical and organised and everything regimented. So we trained for an hour 15 and we were eight minutes there, 15 minutes there, 22 minutes there, finish on a nine, a, a nine, 10 minute game and done, bang, gone. And I was like, wow, you know, people, you know, if you want to do any extras, you have to, you have to really monitor why, justify why I want to do crosses, crosses, crosses. And they had to justify it. But the best manager I played under was Steve Cobble. Um, I, I loved playing under Steve Cobble. He was, um, he, he could kill you or make you in a sentence. Like I remember playing Preston against Preston and he would say at half time, he said to me, Jonah, I'm not sure you know what you're doing. And you, you, you thought, I'm not playing very well here. And then I remember playing Oldham away and I had a great game, I had a really good game. I knew I played well. And he said, good energy, John. And I knew, you know, that's all he needed to say. And then we had a thing where whatever I was on the pitch, so in attacking areas, a type of cross, and he expected that. And then he expected the sent force to make that kind of run. It was, it was just simple, to the point. You had to do it. If you did it, and we were brilliant. When he went to Reading, we were so far clear at the top of the league. We, we were, we, we were, we were, killed. we were really annihilating sides. Like, and it was all to do with just him regimenting. He was the first one I've ever seen do clips, and he did them himself. I mean, they were, they were nowhere near the level we do now. But he was, yeah, brilliant and a good guy, real, real good guy. I, I was, I think he's the only manager I've ever, ever had that I was gutted. That they left, and I'm completely in that because I I should have been getting completely left. And, and <laughs> but when he left, I, I I actually it was like my missus leaving me. Like it, it was like that because I I knew, and he pulled me and said to me, you know, you should be in the Welsh team. I'll do this for you. I'll do, and 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 things. And I loved him. I absolutely loved him. And I never got close to him. I never had a real good conversation with him. I just loved the training. I was playing well. I respected him. Everything about it. He was the best I've had. Wow. So the best manager, Stevie Coppel. No, and he um do you think there's a is there a reason why he he kind of obviously he he's still around these days on and off? Is it something that you think you just can't give up? Do you think it's a bit almost like a drug in a way? Um football management? I think once you're in I think it's football, it might not be football management things. Once you're in football, it's you know, it's the best job in the world. You're a footballer and they reckon the the next best is to manage or to coach. I I I I beg to differ slightly because I actually love managing. I really do with it, with the pressure and with and it's only a fragment. When you're a footballer, it's you come in every day, you play. You, you, you know, it's it's the best job in the world. But it's only fragments of of manage, managerial that come close to playing. But when you get those fragments right, there's no other feeling like it in football. There's, there's nothing like it. And a lot of it's relief. You know, when we got, when we have, we survived in the last day or when we got promoted or when you have big wins, it's relief. But when you look back on it, the pride, you don't get that as a player because you just literally for yourself. But we've had some performances where I look back on it that I think life don't get better than that. Like in terms of sporting life, we, we play Plymouth here. We, we we won eight two here. We won seven nil here. We won. Two, we played Plymouth here and we beat them five one, and it was a with the greatest respect to Plymouth and the manager at the time and the players. 
if it had been 20 nil, it wouldn't have been more dominant a performance. I have not seen an intense, high pressing, footballing, penetrative performance like that from any team. And I looked at us and, and was, was frightened. I knew then we would go into the championship. I knew it. And I said, relative, because Man City and, and Barcelona rip sides apart. But it was frightening. And that, for me, that then, then you, you, you get great pride from that. That Yeah, I was proud as a player and stuff, but it was sort of singular. Whereas when you're a manager, it's everything. And now the fans responded and the, you know, the ovation we got walking off and the, just the pride of the players carrying out game plan, training, just the desire, the ruthlessness, the, the animal instinct that they had, everything about it just... It, it was like as if you could write the perfect story. The only thing happened was um, Joel Grant cut inside and scored an absolute worldie. Otherwise, five 0 would have been would have been. But that's the team we had at the time, you know, and and, and things. And and so when you're a manager, it, it's different. And it's totally different emotions. We went, you know, we played um, uh, Swindon at home when um, David Flickroff was the manager, and I I'm good friends with David Flickroff. But we we were we, we were totally on top. Should have been two, three up. We weren't. Scott Cuthbert handled on the line, got sent off. But we still went for it. We played four, three, two with 10 men. I still went for it and ended up losing 3-0. No problem. We were a positive side anyway and, and, and stuff. And the manager came out and said a few things. I thought, it's a little bit disrespectful. I, I, you know, we were down to 10 men. And, you know, if you if you beat this and we're better than us, you should have been because you're 10 men. So we kept it. We kept it in the paper, kept it in the wall and we pinned it. And we went to him on Boxing Day. And, um, and... It's one of the best performances, way performances I've seen. We won five nil, um, and and we were we were outstanding, no way performance. And they give us credit, fair play. But then Luke Berry had an opportunity in the ninety fourth minute to make it six. He blazed it over, and I went mental. You know, I went mental in 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 the thing after, because six sounds better than five, and that's the type of thing we had, and 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 things. And I don't mean to be arrogant in that way, but the, the emotions the manager. You're not thinking straight. You, you know, you come in as a player, you won 5 0, you're bantering that he's just missed a, a, a thing, but 5 0, away from home, boxing day. It shows you players have prepared well, they haven't got over exuberated on, on, on things. Everything about it was, was total perfection. We beat the side we really wanted to beat and stuff. But I came in and my overriding emotion was it should have been six. It should have been six. And it's crazy. The management's different, totally different. It's just crazy. But there are snippets of it that are heavenly at times like literally heavenly jones you listen i i i love that um i mean similar to obviously i mean i'm not saying i mean i'm in, in the same like realm as you as a manager but like that thought of like it should have been six or if it's like if i'm coaching the girls or whatever it's like yeah we won five one but it's the one girls it's the what we, we, we were we were lazy we were lactidating we, we got too comfortable at some point to allow that one and it's a, and it's no different if it's the game's going easy and I'm saying if you've got six go get seven go get eight go get nine I don't care beat them 20 nil if you can make make a statement right that this team not be making fun of them by ridiculing them or putting your foot on the ball or showboating but have respect for them and go and beat them by as many as you can so they turn around and go do you know what that team is class I mean they've won 20 nil but they were going at it trying to get another goal after another goal after another goal after another goal and that's how you, you you earn respect, in my opinion. Hundred percent. But we we gauge stuff here, and if you 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 might not, but I I've I've openly said it in in, in interviews. My first game was a uh, Luton manager was home to Cambridge United, 
Now we had 10 days to prepare for it because Yoru was still in the cap. So my first, I, I was appointed on the Wednesday. So I had Thursday, Friday, given the weekend off, I went to watch Cambridge. And then I had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to prepare them for a home game that I thought, right, we're going to do this. We're going to work with them religiously, religiously. Played the game and I thought, they haven't listened to a word I've said. We drew nil nil. But that was, that was for me, rock bottom. That's where we start in point. Like then the following year, so we played Cambridge three times at home. The following year, we were much more fluent with Diamond. We, we, we done work with them. We recruited better. Beat them 2 0 at home and should have been more. But we beat them 2 0. And, you know, they're the same manager as well. Sean Derry is a good friend of mine. So I gauged that. I think of last year, we nil nil and we were lucky to draw nil nil. Now we're 2 0 and, and slightly more comfortable, but we're not where we want to be. Third year, when year we got promoted, we beat them 7 0. And I gauged those things off the, and when we were, you know, when we played Yolva, for example, we were seven two up in injury time, but we wanted the eighth and we, we scored elitely scored the back stick out to make it eight and ninety-fourth minute because there was a ruthlessness about the group. And that ruthlessness, you if you if you take it off it's like a boxer, you suddenly just you're winning comfortably and you take it, then you can get knocked out straight away. But if that creeps in, then you do. And it's it and, and that's the thing about management, you have to drive that. And at times it's very rarely to enjoy management because, you know, I, I get to a point now where I ask Kev Deaton and, and, and Mick and stuff. I said, what, you know, what's the point where we can't lose this game? So if we're 2-0 up and it's 80th minute, you can still lose it. Because if, if the other team gets score 85 minutes, yeah. you know you're in for a tough thing. Then there comes a point where it's probably, he puts three minutes up and he's 90, and he, he, the, if you're 2-0 up and, he's 90, and, and they put three minute injury time in and then you think, we can't lose it now because even if they score in the 91st minute, then they'd have to go, something after happen, they'd have to score again and they probably won't have enough time to score three. And then it comes a point where you think we've won it. And that would be a minute and a half into a three minute injury time where you think, you know, and only then do you actually start relaxing as, as a manager. And you can be 4-0 up. And at no point are you losing that game. But on 75 minutes, there's still a possibility you can lose that game. And everyone else, Stadium was five and six and seven, and I want five, six, seven, but it's still in the back of my mind as a manager. You're thinking it's possible still to lose this game, so you don't. So you keep the professions, you keep it, and suddenly you look up and it's 82 minutes and you're still four nil up, and you think, okay, but it, you just never stop. And that's that's the thing about management it's consuming, it's stressful, it's it ruins your life. It, you know, I got the best wife, and if I didn't, she'd have left years ago in terms of stuff. And it just that relentlessness to get better, to do well and stuff. And you always want more because there's never contentment. There's never real satisfaction. There's just moments of absolute heaven that you just want a little bit more. But that's management. Excellent. Jonesy, brilliant. Thank you for your, no, I mean, your you. time's been really precious and you know, no, pre-season and stuff. But it's been long. It's been no, really no listen. Hopefully, hopefully you've enjoyed it. I mean, I've, I've loved you. it. I, I look, I like, I like chatting about myself. It's my favourite subject. <laughs> you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm the thing is, I'm very, I'm actually really proud of my career. Even though it, it you know, it wasn't top end career. I, I, I knew where I come from. I knew what I wanted to do. And um, if, if someone said to me now, when I was, um, when I was at Cardiff, you can sign twenty years for Cardiff on two hundred and fifty quid a week, I'd have taken it. I'd have taken it. And, and that's because it meant more to me to be a footballer than everything else. And I still have those values now. I still want to be a manager in 20 years' time. I want to be successful. I want to, you know, and to be a manager in 20 years' time 
you have to be because managers are a bit more ruthless than players. But you know, I've, I've gleaned every single ounce I possibly can out of my career and I've loved doing it. I, you know, I do it with passion. I do it with with a love for it. I do it for that's the only reason. And, and I'm very blessed, praise the Lord, to have been in football since I was 16. Fantastic. No. And we've loved hearing every single yeah. word you said and in hearing from your team. So that was... Nathan Jones is my best 11. Thank you so much for your time, Nathan.